Hi, I'm Biz. And I'm Teresa. Due to the pandemic, we bring you One Bad Mother straight from our homes, including such interruptions as children, animal noises, and more. So let's all get a little closer while we have to be so far apart. And remember, we are doing a good job. This week on One Bad Mother, I guess kids really can change everything. We talked to stand-up Chris Gethard about his new special, Half My Life. Plus, this goes for the gold. Woo! Hey, this hey. is a check-in. I am not great, but oh. I just heard this is recorded voice no. tell me I'm doing a good job. And I needed that. Um, after a three-day weekend with no daycare, <laughs> I'm home with my girl with no daycare. Because she pukes in the car on the way to daycare. Actually, in the parking lot. Hold in. Mm. Pukes in the parking lot because she gets mm. car sick. And I, I, I stripped her naked in the parking lot during oh. a thunderstorm, put my shirt on her, took my shirt, one of my shirts off, put it on her, washed her up the door and said, she puked, but it's definitely car sickness. Can <laughs> she come in? And they said, no. No. And so I asked, can I borrow a towel? And they said, no. And then the teacher said, let me check with the director. And she said, no, take her home and monitor her for COVID <laughs> symptoms. And then after a few, oh, here's the kicker. Here's the kicker. Oh, oh kicker. Kick me. And I quote, this never happens when her father drops her off. Oh! God damn! And I completely understand where that sentence came from in the brain. Somebody trying to figure out what's going on with a mom and a kid and patterns and blah. But oh my god, oh my god! I just balled the way all the way home, and now I'm home with a toddler. And the great news is that she feels great, <laughs> and I am full of rage. And so I thought I would check in because I thought that would be a good place. To put it, and then we got an email about how they can't take a kid who's puked unless there's another explanation for it, and then, and then my brain exploded because mm. apparently I was speaking nothing, no words were coming out of my mouth. Ah. I'm not a reliable ah. narrator, <laughs> you know. <laughs> oh, I love the show. I love you guys. Thank you so much. Bye. <laughs> First of all. You're doing an amazing job. Second, I really love the little bow on this of, I guess I am not like an accurate voice. I cannot tell you what's happening to my child. I'm not your number one resource to go to when it comes to my child's patterns or behavior. <laughs> that You're right. I should just be dismissed. And you know that email came out because of you. So way to trigger that. This is such like, uh, there's so many things happening here, but I kind of actually want to look at like the chaos of a kid puking in your car. Raiden, formerly known as Katie Bell, currently known as Raiden, <laughs> used to be so car sick all the time. We lived in Brooklyn, so we never were in cars. And then suddenly we were in cars and that kid puked. All the time. 
all the time. And, and that is exactly what you're doing. Like, you have to pull over. You have to get all of that off of the child. I have put my child in my clothes like at least four times in my life, stripping off some kind of shirt to put on the child because the car seat is full of puke. Like, what are you supposed to do? And like, you're standing there and you're trying to clean it all up, but you know you're putting your kid back in a seat that still has some puke in it for a while. I actually used to have a towel. I know I shared this on the show a million years ago, but I used to have a towel with parts cut out to fit into the car seat so that when my child puked, because my child was going to puke, I could just pick the whole towel up. And this is also when kids start puking in your car, car seats, this is also the time when you begin to ask a question you hadn't really asked before, which is, how do you wash a car seat? <laughs> like, we all know you can get the like fabric and stuff off, but the buckles, how do you do that? How do you do that? I don't know. I don't know. I've like removed them, I, but then I'm like, do I put these in the wash? Do I hose them off? Do I just do I just throw it all away and call it a day and never put my child in a car again? Probably. You are doing an amazing job and you are not alone in the grand puking in a car. How do you fix this? Oh God, it's in the middle. The middle of a preschool parking lot is just, wow. Mwah. Cherry on top. Speaking of cherries on top, that sounds delicious. Thank you for asking if I would like a cherry on top of my treat. I would. Thank yous. It's time to be thankful. I hope you guys are enjoying our little thanking theme music. I am. I am. I'm going to thank Gabe for finding it for us. Thank you, Gabe. Pandemic. Is it on? Is it up? Is it on? It's like a Jennifer and Brad, like a Benifer relationship. Is there a pandemic? Is there not? Is it the Delta? Is it not? It is. It is. There's still a pandemic. And there's a horrible variant going around. And bad news, everybody. Even if you're vaccinated, the Delta variant, if you get it, even if you don't get sick, you are still contagious, which is why they're asking people to, even if vaccinated, to continue to wear masks because there are a lot of us who have kids that are not able to be vaccinated because of their age. So thank you, first off, to all of you who are continuing to wear your masks. And thank you for getting vaccinated. Thank you to everybody in the medical profession. Thank you to everybody giving vaccines, making vaccines, studying vaccines. Thank you to everybody who continues with all this knowledge to still go out to their jobs that allow us to function somehow. Transportation workers, those of you who are working in pharmacies and grocery stores and shops, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you to all of you who are volunteering with food banks 
and with distributing vaccines and with going door to door to try and spread correct fact-based information. Thank you. I see you teachers. It's here for some of you. For some of you, school starting in like a week or two weeks. You've got this. As always, there are a million other people we should thank, but I got to move on because I have a little story to share before we get into our guest. Mom rage. (laughs) Or really parenting rage. Can really just surprise you. What I have gotten very good at is displacing my rage. It no longer is like at the kids or at Stefan or at a stranger on the street. So as many of you know, I did a lot of traveling recently to help my parents move. I've come home. Guess what? Kids are still here. (laughs) They're still work. They're still driving. They're still... And I just... I, I was a little full as my therapist would say, a little full. And on Sunday night, all I wanted to do was sit with my husband and watch women's gymnastics as part of the Olympics. So I thought, well, this is going to be easy. We're going to, we've got like a, like a movie screen sort of thing set up in our shitty ass garage. (laughs) It is exactly what you think it looks like. And We have made it so we've hooked up like a Roku to it so we can watch, you know, Disney Plus or whatever. So I was like, I know what to do. I've seen the advertisements. I'm going to get Peacock because that's the home of the Olympics is what they say. Apparently, it is not. Apparently, you don't get NBC on Peacock. You don't get live event coverage. You get live recap coverage live we're just sitting here talking about what happened today but without actually seeing an event then they also do replays but because it's like uh, time differences and stuff it's like a two-day difference before I can watch the replays I don't even understand that my anger my anger at this got so great (laughs) so so great I was so angry like Even Stefan was just like, none of that's helpful to me, right? Which is like Stefan's very kind way of being like, you're about to ruin the entire evening. (laughs) I just sat there and steamed like a hot pile of steaming Olympic coverage. Anyway, uh, this doesn't tie in at all to anything we're going to talk about today, except that parenting... Surprise, it makes you have all the feelings, sometimes the ones you want, lots of times the ones you don't. We are going to be talking to Chris Gethard, comedian, stand-up, about his new special, Half My Life, as well as what life is like now that he's a parent. Please take a moment to remember, if you're friends of the hosts of One Bad Mother, you should assume that when we talk about other moms, we're talking about you. If you are married to the host of One Bad Mother, we definitely are talking about you. Nothing we say constitutes professional parenting advice. Biz and Teresa's children are brilliant, lovely, and exceedingly extraordinary. Nothing said on this podcast about them implies otherwise. This week we are talking to Chris Gethard who is a comedian and podcaster from New Jersey. His new special, Half My Life, is out now from Comedy Dynamics. 
And you can see him on the road this summer and fall during his America's Loosest Cannon Tour. <laughs> he also hosts the podcasts Beautiful, Anonymous, and New Jersey is the World. Welcome, Chris. Hi. It's great to be here. Hello. <laughs> That is a description of me and things I do, yes. That was in a nice, neat little paragraph. Oh, yeah. Everything else will not be true that we mm -hmm. talk about because it wasn't in that paragraph. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> From here, no guarantees. Perfect. Before we get into the comedy, the touring, the kid, all that kind of good stuff, who lives in your house? My wife, Hallie, and my son, Cal, and myself. And that's it. Just the three of us. No pets? No wandering. Four no pets yet. My wife had a cat when we first got together, but the cat the cat since has sadly passed away. She was a really crazy cat, and I've never been a dog person myself. But we have a son, and he's probably going to be an only child. So I think I'm like coming to grips with the fact that at some point we'll probably have to get a dog. And people get yeah. mad at me when I say I'm not a dog person, but I just I just have never grown up with him. I'm a cat person, and also it follows logically that only mm -hmm. child equals dog i mean yeah, how I, else will they know how to share well my wife loves dogs and then yeah. <laughs> i also think too because you know we had our son and we moved out to new jersey we bought our house before the pandemic we didn't flee the city because of the mm -hmm. pandemic but i was pretty burnt out yeah so we moved kind of out into the woods we there's sections of new jersey where i think a lot of new yorkers land and a lot of artists land we moved further out than that <laughs> So then there is also a part of me that's like, all right, if he's going to go traipsing through the woods, maybe he can get some like badass dog. Yeah. Because uh, I was raised in the 80s where they taught you like, oh, if you go in the woods, someone's going to like jump out kill from you. under a tarp and kill you. Yeah. Yeah. Kidnap you. So maybe he should have an attack dog. And then my wife is like, you're a crazy person. Oh. We don't need a vicious attack dog. No, it's called prepared, not paranoid. That's as a yeah. child of the 80s, you know, yeah, I, I get it. It is one of those things that we're like, oh, yeah, that would be a nice thing to... When you have your first child, yeah, I've been thinking so hard about... <laughs> you You start to realize all these things about how oh. you were raised. And yes. yeah. I think I think a lot of people <laughs> of my generation agree that being raised in the 80s up through the mid-90s is pretty warped. All the stranger yeah. danger and satanic panic stuff. My mother really liked like Die Hard and those movies. Yeah. And so a lot of my life lessons were me walking through the kitchen, passing the den, and my mother yelling things like, don't shoot them once, baby. Shoot them till they're dead. Shoot them yeah. till the gun is empty. Or dropping us off at the mall. <laughs> Being like, oh. remember, they can come up behind you and stick you with a syringe and then say, oh, my daughter's fainted and carry you away. And right. I'm like, thanks. Pick me up at nine. I'll be at Spencer's. Talk about malls. The whole thing of yeah. like after you got your license as a teenager of like, okay, when you get in your car, you got to really check the back seat because sometimes yeah. people hide in the back seat and crouch yeah. down. Or like, they can also hide under your car. They cut your, your Achilles, they cut your Achilles heel with, yeah. a, with yeah. a box with cutter. A knife. That's right. But- Okay, yeah. have fun, right? Yeah, have fun. And if you, if you need me, we'll just do this thing. You have a collect call from Mom. It's Chris. Come pick me up. I'm, I'm at Edison Middle School. My Achilles tendon. Yeah, Mom, please. A man just as a clown threw me in a van. And you have a collect that. call. There was a razor in the apple. Oh my God! This bubble gum. Ow. Okay, that is just a beautiful segue into pre-post kid. 
<laughs> life. At the beginning of your special, you talk about feelings and how you were pretty sure you'd had all the feelings, that there were no more feelings to be had. Like, yeah, you're like 40, done. Yeah. And then you uh, got a kid in your house and it was like, oh, there are more feelings. Yeah. And like, it's not just the feelings, I think. I think that there are so many, you could just fill in the blank for feelings. I'm pretty sure I've done all that. Pretty sure I know how, how I'm going to react to that. I have expectations. I have a checklist. It's mm -hmm. good. Mm -hmm. And then that's not even a little how that works out. Talk to me about pre-post. Pre-post. Pre-baby <laughs> and post-baby, you mean? Yeah, yeah, the feelings, yeah. The, the feels or the, just the expectations. I never, I mean, it's such, it's one of those questions that I feel like, like if anybody's listening who's not a parent, yeah, they're not going to give a shit anyway. Oh, and, no and one cares. And the parents are like, there's no way for you to verbally explain this, like, yeah. right? Like there, there is no verbal explanation, but yeah, it's, <laughs> there's just like, I guess like, I don't know. It's not a funny answer, but the real answer is I'll never, ever forget standing in the hospital within 30 hours of my son being born and my parents came to visit, which by the way, that should be outlawed and that's not on yeah. them. I actually wanted them yeah. to be there and then I've realized, no, this should just no, be a shouldn't. thing that no one should visit a hospital after. It's, it's never good. It's never good. You want to be Why sleeping. are you holding him like that? You just, if, if you have time to talk to a human being, you could be yeah. asleep. So, yeah. but that being said, I did have this really beautiful moment where I was standing and my son was in his bassinet to my left side and my dad was to my right side. And my dad is like, great, like a fantastic man I admire, but he's never really been emotional. We came, we come from very repressed Irish Catholic, like nobody says I love you in my family. Like it's, um. And I remember like kind of like glancing to my left and seeing my kids sleeping there and glancing to my right and seeing my dad and just like being hit with two distinct things that I'll never forget, which is like one, and I would never say this to my dad because my dad and I are not these people, but I remember realizing like, holy shit, like have you felt this way about me this whole time? Like, oh because I'm feeling this like yeah. new thing about this kid and have you been feeling this about me for... It was Cal 38? I was 38. I was almost 39, like almost four decades. Have you been feeling this thing I didn't know about towards me? But then even more so, I remember just realizing like, oh, there's just way more to it than me. Like before I had a kid, I was the hero of this journey. Like it was this Joseph Campbell thing. Whereas about <laughs> me and what can I accomplish and what can I discover and what are like the scenes that make up this movie that is my life that I'm currently living in the main character of. And then my son comes along and instantly I just go, Oh, well that DNA has been rewired. Like, <laughs> I'm a point on a line. Like this is a yeah. relay race. And my grandfather passed the baton to my dad and I never met my great grandfather. And this goes back to like the beginning of life on earth is that people have been passing the baton and now I pass it to this kid and just like, every how would i say it like the whole idea of like having an ego or needing an ego mm. went away and needing to prove anything to anybody went away like it's not okay, about i want to tap into that because i want to ask you something about this because i do wonder 
And your experience is obviously unique to you versus all the other parents out there having their own experiences. But that is a very powerful idea. And of this being a point and goodbye to ego as a male parent, Mm -hmm. as the dad, it's almost as if all men have been trained to be Irish Catholic and never say anything. And the dad experience gets very overlooked. And very sort of negated and brushed off. Oh, they're dads. They just get to keep doing their career. Or like, are they babysitting? So how have you like found yourself walking through the world as not only a parent, but like as a dad that we have no control over being called dad, mom, whatever. But like, those are the names we're given. Yeah. I mean. It's a great question. It's one of those things I get to think about now, right? Yeah. And that's like. I wish there were simple, clear there answers. Are. Yeah. <laughs> but I can tell you that, like, I think my life was defined in many ways by, like, self-consciousness most of my life and questioning and feeling bad about myself. Like, those, sadly, were big parts of things. But I can tell you that in the role of dad is I have discovered in such a joyous way of, like, the least self conscious I've ever been as a human. (laughs) That's great. And because it's like, I know what the job is to a degree. I mean, it's like, I don't know at all what any of it is. I have no idea what it is, but I am these broad strokes that like, I am here as his second in command effectively as the dad of this kid. I I can, I can focus up on that. And also like, I was someone who I, I had, I have some OCD stuff. Like I was never able to leave my house before showering. That thought would, I would stop at the door. I would not be able to do it. And now it's just like, yeah, no, I'll wander out and I'll have a yeah. conversation with any, <laughs> oh, do I need to go to a public place and have, oh, I'm having an, a, a conversation with some like super hot, well put together humans and yeah. I have bags under my eyes yeah. and, <laughs> and I look down and realize like there's still some of his vomit on my yeah. shirt and my socks don't match and... I just don't care. I just don't care. And yeah. that, like that, I feel like is this massive gift he gave to me because <laughs> I never lived a life where I felt free from judgment, like my own or that of others, whether real or invented yeah. in my mind. And now I'm just like, Fuck yeah, that. okay. Yeah. yeah. There's okay. There's a hunk of banana on my thigh. Yeah. Okay. What were we talking about? I don't care. Yeah. I just ate that. I ate yeah. it. And whatever that kid just came out of his mouth, it was just easier for me to eat it than find a trash can. And I did it. And like, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm one sense. It's like, I'm just kind of like gross and I'm tired. (laughs) And that's the reality of it. But then in another sense, it's also like, he's given me this freedom to just be like, I don't care. Like, it's probably part of why. You know, you have all these insecurities about like the dad bod and my hairline. I've never had a good hairline and it's really starting to go now. And then I sit there and go, oh, but there's also something to be said for like, yeah, those things can happen now because who cares? Like, yeah. I, I got a lot more to worry about than my hairline, like keeping this human <laughs> alive, alive, keeping and their hair happy going and, longer. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. let alone as an entertainer, let alone as a comedian who just, that's talk about ego. That whole job is ego. The whole job is ego. The whole job is one of the things we talk about on the show is 
especially with, well, I guess it doesn't really matter how old the kid is in your house, but like everything you do feels like being judged. And then there's the self-judgment, right? Of like, I'm going to go ahead and like pre-assume some judgment before I even go out. And then what's even more disappointing is discovering that no one actually does, as you said, give a shit about whatever. But we live in that, like that self-reflective, I'm fucking this up. And I think as a comedian where you're going on stage all the time and putting stuff out there that people may or may not like or respond to or make a judgment call on that... Guess what I'm about to say, I can go ahead and contradict because as a comedian, the assumption that you're on all the time is not true or that you're approaching everything like a joke or like whatever isn't true. But the nuts and bolts of being a comedian involves a lot of travel and things like that. And I Mm -hmm. guess I know some people who do it great. Like they had kids and they figured it out. And they're like directors and they're like on tour and they're like totally. And you're, I'm like, that's great. I, I couldn't make it happen. Right. Like that couldn't figure that out, but you are a traveling. And this is not like you stopped doing stand up 10 years ago and you're trying to figure it out. You were touring this whole documentary. Your special is you touring with a five month old at home. Yeah. Like like, what was that on the road? Yeah. Like, it's uh, <laughs> I mean, well, there's a bunch of aspects. It's like yeah. one, one, the first thing that jumps out is the guilt that comes with leaving. Yeah. I was gonna say because oh. that first, at first, I mean, it's he's almost two and a half now, and it's still oh, so yeah. hard, so hard yeah. L- leaving and knowing. Well, now my wife round the clock. Let alone during the pandemic when you eliminate babysitters and playdates. Yeah, and, you've got and no daycare help. centers. Like, yeah. so there's a lot of guilt that comes with leaving. There's certainly, I must admit, and there's probably going to be <laughs> some of the spouses who aren't the traveling one are going no, to hate it. me for saying this. Say it. But like, Do to it. go stay in a hotel. Yeah. And wake up that first morning of my own volition. Yeah. And be like, I think I'm just going to go get breakfast somewhere. I'm going to go just go do whatever. I think I'm going to have like (laughs) another human cook me breakfast. And then they take the plate away and they clean the plate. And then I leave. That was like. It's hot. (laughs) Like Nirvana, you know. Oh, yeah. Like beyond physical bliss. Well, what sucks is that during those like especially the first year it is yeah it would have been great if somebody had just said like before the kid came go ahead and start talking about resentment now (laughs) that is gonna be define your first year and i wish uh my husband and i had had that discussion uh we had not and so uh we have it a lot now but like that now it's like a joke if one of us is traveling and like has the hotel and we're like, you actually deserve this hotel room. Please go yeah. and enjoy it. But at the same time, it is just like, it's so nice. But here's the, here's the crazy thing. When I was traveling and mine, my first was really young, I would be like, thank you, Jesus. I am in a hotel. I am so happy to be alone and quiet. Oh, God, I just saw a kid. <laughs> I wish my child was here. Yeah, and I'm I like, what is too. that about? I, I don't want my too. kid here. Yeah. 
Yeah, because it, it also <laughs> is, you know, the pandemic was such a silver lining because I got to be home so much home. more. So I was there for his first steps and so many words that he said for the first times. And like watching a kid cobble together a thought, like yeah. trying to tell you like a story for the I'm like, this is magic. And I would have missed so much of that. But <laughs> so there's definitely times too where I'm like, and these are cities that I love, but where I'm like, yeah. I used to be able to like say like, yeah, I'm going to go do a stand-up show in wherever. It's Syracuse, New York, and I'm going to go yeah. and like tear it down and everybody's going to have a good time and I'm going to make my money doing my art and all this stuff. Yeah. And then you're performing in Syracuse in February, at the first year after I have my kid, where I go, it's mm. nice to be away, I guess, but also like what? he's home doing stuff and I kind of want to be there, so... It's actually another gift he's given me where I've realized, like, and this is going to sound very Hallmark card. Okay, do it. But, like, I'm like, okay, if I'm going to do this, I got to be making some special shit. Like, I better be writing the best jokes of my life. It better be worth it, right? Like, this notion. Yeah, whatever people have, whatever good things people have said about me. People who like stuff I've done in the past, I better sit here and go, am I going to be able to make stuff as good as that or better? And if not, find something else to do where I can hang out with this kid more because it's a very blessed life. And there are far too many um, explorations of the idea of a comedian's life being hard. I don't know that yeah. it's it's not an easy life, but it's not hard. Like It's, it's not. not <laughs> and you could do so many yeah. other things. Yeah. Uh, so I don't want to buy into that, but I'm like, but it's, it's not- a lot of travel. It's I remember the first time when we were still in Brooklyn being like, you know, being asked to go out and do like a nighttime show or something and being like, no, nine, yeah. o- nine o'clock. Oh, that's- Are you kidding me? I do sets <laughs> once a week now. I'll do sets once a week and maybe yeah. do one or two. And yeah. But if you don't do them, you're not going to be it. You it's can't. like so hard to get up and do it again. It's and really you can't I mean, justify that's... asking another human being to pay to see you when you want to yeah. go on the road to make your mortgage. Yeah, I don't dismiss the life of a stand-up. No, I'm not. Be- I'm not claiming it's... it's easy, but it's also no. a choice and it's cushy. Yeah. But yeah, I'm like, I'm oh like, yeah, so cushy. <laughs> well, when it goes yeah. well, it is right. Yeah, and it, no, and when also, it goes well, it is. And like, True. and it is even on its hardest day. It, it's tough because the hardest days have been miserable for me. But then mm-hmm. I look back at some of them, I go, and I was still out at three in the morning mm-hmm. at a diner eating fries yeah. with my other comedian friends. Yeah. And we were all bitching and moaning about how it doesn't go out. And then I slept till 11 the next day. Yeah. Yeah. There's some, even at its hardest, there's some perks to that. Yeah. I'm like, I better write <laughs> good, good stuff. shit or else I should be <laughs> home. And I got to write it doing two maybe three sets a week when I used to I used to feel lazy I was like I kind of felt like for comedians at my level I was the one who's you see some of the people in New York in particular get out there doing yeah. four three sets shows a night, a night. Yeah, yeah three shows a night five nights a week yep. and I'm going man I'll do two sets a night at most I like to go out maybe three nights a week and let stuff really germinate that was just kind of my writing style and I felt lazy then I felt like I was getting yeah. away with it then now I'm like I, I can come in <laughs> Sunday and I can't it, I have to, it's like I can't leave my house until after my son is asleep and I'm, I have to be That's back right. I have to be back in New Jersey by one so I can do sets from 9.15 to 11.20 yeah it's just to. easier to not leave until after they're asleep yes, so if you yes. guys could work that out one of my, my uh, 
co-host Teresa, who's taking some time off right now, one of our first like one bed mother live shows, she had just had her third child. And I was like, wow. we're going to need a fridge for breast milk. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. we were like, how hardcore and rock and roll are we that we need a fridge for breast milk? And they were like, no problem, but you can't have babies there because you have to be 21 or older. And we were like, yeah. for fucking real? Well, then in that case, don't come into the dressing room. Yeah, that's... <laughs> There's going to be a baby. It's... Women were like pumping in the audience. And I was just like, I love yes, it. this is it. I love it. <laughs> not the now, best. Oh, on that topic, you want to talk about resentment and guilt about oh, leaving. Yeah. Do I'm going to say a sentence that will strike terror into the hearts of any parents who have been through it. My kid rejected the bottle. He wouldn't take the bottle. Oh, my second wouldn't take a bottle either. Nightmare. And it's, it's that's a nightmare. Nightmare. And leaving yeah, my wife during that stretch to go on the road. There's a lot of crying. So, I felt so bad. Yeah. Did you, did you at least like bring something? I remember there was one point where I said to Stefan, who had to travel a lot for work, I finally just said, look, this is an obnoxious thing to say. And this is not a person that I was at one point in my life. But I'm going to need you to bring me some stuff. I'm going to need you to go on my Amazon wish list, buy me something nice, get yeah. me a good puzzle. I'm going to need more than just your emotional support right now. I, <laughs> I need a little a little extra. Like, And he was like, done. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Ours has been less stuff and more logistics. It, yeah. Moving to Jersey, is, it, it, well, he was past the bottle nonsense by then. In the city, it was so crazy because it would be, you know, because for anybody who doesn't know, the first few months, if you put something in their mouth, yeah, they're going to start trying to drink whatever's in there. That's the instinct. And they call it the sucking reflex. And then after a certain point, that goes away and the body, the, the baby has to choose. Yeah. And then some babies like my baby are just like, nope, I want it That's from that. the tap. Yeah. Where's the boob? Bring me the yep. boob. I want it from the source. Artisanal, exactly. organic, farm yep. to table. Boob yep. to table. Boob to table. So we teat, would do a thing sometimes. Teat to table. Teat to table, yes. Teat to table. And I, you know, it's that thing where it's like, well, now there's like this two and a half to three hour Ow. loop that you can't escape where he has to be with you, you at leave. all times. So. The, ours was less stuff and more logistics. Almost, yeah. I, I, it almost felt like a NASCAR pit crew of like, okay, <laughs> you're done feeding him. And it would, I, I remember times where it would literally be like, okay, like we have a, there's like a friend of yours in the neighborhood outside a restaurant. I'm going to text her as you're yeah. wrapping up to put your name on the list. And then you're going to run down there and you're going to actually get dinner with yeah. a friend and not worry about this baby, knowing that we have two and a half hours. Hours. Yep. Maybe three if he's good <laughs> before he needs to eat again. And you go, that's insane. That's an insane way to live. See, but that's, that is the crux of the no one gives a shit. Like the story you have just shared with me. You can't like share that and have expect people to be like, wow, good job. And yeah. Though that's exactly the thing that you, I need to be like, let me tell you, that's fucking good job setting that shit up like that because that's the only way you're so many more times than i got it right oh sure we all did so bad well those times we are judging you we are judging somebody's Uh, got a list somewhere chris and they're keeping track of that time you forgot a sock well there's somebody (laughs) there's some that i feel somewhere i go okay we every couple right i I mean i I, find me the couple that didn't have fights in the first 
year of their first baby being born as they figured that chaos out. And some of them I look back and I laugh. And some of them I look back and I go, well, that, how was I to know? But I remember <laughs> some that were just so heartbreaking and how dense I am. Oh, yeah. Like I remember I've never been a coffee drinker. I just never took to coffee. And I remember once my wife just looking at me and just going like, hey. And I was, and I remember standing in our kitchen. She was in our living room. And I remember the look on her face. And I was like, what's up? And she's like, you don't drink coffee, but just learn how to work the fucking coffee yes. so you can make me coffee. And it was Good like, job. just this, but this moment of just like pure oh, yeah. defeat on her end and me just going, oh, yeah, I should have. Yeah. What a simple, dumb thing that takes no. five minutes out of her day when she doesn't have five minutes to spare. And it's not even hard. Yeah, but that's good. That's like if people can figure out the coffee stuff like that, then the rest of it, like you can figure out the bigger stuff. I remember Stefan used to make me lunch. I'd be feeding and he'd make me lunch and he'd put it down and then he'd put my drink down, but it was always out of reach. Like I was, yeah. <laughs> I was like, hey, I just, this is beautiful. You have made the most beautiful sandwich, but if I could reach it, like that way, <laughs> it's like, ah. Right, like, oh, you'll love this. And, and <laughs> in the off chance she ever hears this, we loved her when our son, when there were all the uh, nursing issues and the yeah. bottle issues, combined with taking, you know, figuring out how breastfeeding works. We we found out there was a postpartum doula who lived a block away from us at the time. Nice, it was recommended, and we went, oh my god! And now that's expensive, and we, you know, like we had to say, yeah. okay, how often can we afford this? But we were able for like, I think a month or two, it was like maybe once a week, twice a week, yeah. if it's really bad, spend the money, get it done. And I do remember she was amazing. And like having somebody there who already knew how to just like wrap up a baby and have it hang off her in one of those things yeah. and it would sleep on her. And then, yeah. And people, again, like the things parents know, like, and this is not so me and my wife can go see a movie. It's so no. I can like, finally answer work emails and then my yeah. wife's running laundry back and forth it's like you're paying yeah. someone to buy you time so you can do other shit that sucks like that's that how sucks. much training her but i do remember the one thing the doula did that was baffled <laughs> baffling rather was she i remember at one point she she said you know I, i'm i prepare food and i can prepare a bunch of food for your, you guys and we were like oh my god that's amazing that and she did make a bunch of hard-boiled eggs and i remember feeling like if there's <laughs> one food yeah that it, like, it's impossible to get the egg out while holding a baby. Baby. If you drop those shards on the floor, it could kill the baby. If the baby eats those. I was like, we got it. I feel like yeah. it should at, at doula school, they should say, peel the eggs. You peel, peel the pre -peel. eggs. Pre-peel. Pre-peel these eggs. Pre Here you guys go. It that spins. was the one that I was like, oh, my God. Oh, this seems like, seems like the least <laughs> All right, here's a totally random question. You were part of the documentary, uh, the class action park. Yes, I action. was. Yeah. Okay. A lot of fun. Horrible, dangerous. Yeah. De the every decapitations, the whole nine yards. If you aren't familiar, people who are listening, just, you know, Google it. You know how to do that now. I guess this question is more about like pre-kids. Yeah. I made lots of choices. Mm. that my my parents never knew about that even now they're like I don't we don't need to know I did things tried things 
jumped off things, you know, whatever, drove things. It doesn't matter. Threw things. That was a really, once you did that, I knew I should never do that again. Yeah, yeah. And I have always been a big proponent of that's good for kids. Yeah. (laughs) And then I had two kids who really are more thinkers than doers. Like they don't, they're not that kid that's like tearing through the playground. They're like very carefully. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm like, damn it. So two, two and a half, that is still in major fall down all the time. Mm-hmm. Like zone. It's also like daredevil age, even if they're not good at being a daredevil. Yeah. Like given things like Action Park and your own past and such. I guess the question is, will you ever let your child out of the house? Yeah, I mean, I have to. He's a daredevil. He's a daredevil. Is he? Oh, yeah. He's got, he's already had his first stitches. Nice. He's got a nice scar right now, right yeah. in between his two eyebrows. Oh. No um, hair will grow. It, I think it looks real cute. He gets yeah. self-conscious about it, so I try not to harp on it. But yeah, he runs, he jumps. We, The town we live in, there's a lake that people swim in. That's like, yeah. the, and uh he runs and jumps off the dock and my wife noticed that there's other, he's two. He just turned two yeah. in April and he runs with his floaties on and he'll jump off the dock. Wow. And we have to, my like we have to be, my wife is the swimmer in the family. She has to be like, you have to wait till I'm out there. Till in the water. Yeah. And uh, like he, he's wild. <laughs> and my wife has noticed there's other kids who are older who now jump off the dock because the game has been changed. Because you yeah. can't be scared of a thing a two-year-old's doing. Yeah. So he's wild. And we li- like I said, we live in this neighborhood that's like, like I said, kind of in the woods. It's like, it's a very hard to describe thing. Yeah. Like if you get to the end of my block and make a left or a right, you're in the woods. We're kind of the, the last woods. edge of the suburbs. And there's another family here that has a kid who's, I think, six months older than my son. And they're already two little crazy people. And then when they get together, they are... It, the craziness just amplifies. And yeah. I've already told these other parents, feel free to liberally yell at my son. They've been yeah. like, absolutely yell at my child as if he was your own. Don't <laughs> even right. apologize. Like, um, I've already said to, like I've become friends with his dad and it's already like, we have to start already trying to figure out like where they're going to be burying the 30 packs in the woods when they get to yep. high school. Like That's right. We can already see that yeah. they're going to be two little troublemaking psychos. Yeah, nice. So yeah, I'm I'm excited to let him leave the house and see what trouble he gets up yeah. to. But my I can already tell that my son is he is not the thinker. He is not the quiet contemplative. Yeah. He is charged in head first. Let's get dinged up. See, there are pros and cons to both of those types of mm-hmm. kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, whether you have the runner or the biter or the crier. We're we're team crier. Mm -hmm. The Mm -hmm. overthinker. We're also team overthinker. Pluses and minuses. Because there are times, I'll tell you, there are times I am envious. This is the other like parenting thing. The the parent grass is greener moment where you're like, I really love my children. God, I wish they would just jump off of that thing. And you know, and it's like, oh, I'm such a jerk for thinking that because I know that what that person's doing hates like they're stressed out about it or they can't stand it or whatever it's not like (laughs) i remember people would come over to my house and they'd be like that baby is so sweet my second who cried for five years they would be like "Uh, that baby 
is so sweet because he would never be crying. And then I would I describe it as like a haunted house. The moment they left, the walls would start bleeding. And I would feel like I was the crazy person, right? So yeah, no, that tell me. Well, I have a one of my dear <laughs> friends in this world. He actually just had they just had their third baby last weekend and their oldest he's like the sweetest kid and he's like smart beyond, you know, he's like yeah, top of the charts smart and we'll hang out. And they've seen like, you know, <laughs> my, my friend said to me at one point, he's like, ah, I wish like, sometimes I wish I had like, like my son wants to wrestle. Like if yeah. you tell him let's wrestle, he'll like dive bomb onto you and try to start hurting you and you have to like yeah. grab him and swing him around and he loves it. <laughs> and my buddy was like, I wish I had like, like, like their son, like, is very much like nervous about rules, like always yeah. asks permission for every yeah. little thing. And he's oh, yeah. like, Cal just like jumps off stuff and like you're yelling <laughs> at him, but I kind of wish, and I was like, but I wish I had a kid who would like, if yeah. we ask him to clean up, he'd actually do it. And if yeah. it's time to read books that that isn't met with like, yeah, just like a meltdown, you know? So like yep. the grass is always greener and I've learned that too, but it, it is, it's one of those things where it makes me realize like, um, I, I think back to my friend saying that to me because I'm like, on the days when my son is driving me craziest, I go, yeah. oh, there's a lot of joy in this too. Yeah. There's a lot of joy in this too. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, it's, it's... He's, he's not one to slow down <laughs> ever. <laughs> this, is why, this is why we encourage people to remember when you see the two-year-old running at top speed and no adults around it's not because the adult is not paying attention to their child oh, they yeah. just can't keep up man that's it oh yeah they'll get there help them out keep an eye on them as that kid tears off you know like yeah no judgment <laughs> oh the, I, I i retroactively feel very bad yeah. any thought oh, i ever yeah. had of, oh here's how i would handle that so, oh yeah like, oh yeah is that how i would have fucking yeah. handled it no i wouldn't yeah. Here's, I just had another friend of mine, uh, one of our neighbors, just yesterday. They have three kids, and and it's a lot of kids. Our yards butt up against each other, which is so nice as the parent of an only child to know there's three kids next door, and they all like each just other. And toss them over the fence. Yeah, and and my neighbor was like, I feel like I'm like the one in the neighborhood who's always yelling at my kids. I'm like, no, like we're all always yelling. Like you're not yeah. yelling at your kids more than any other parent would be <laughs> yelling at your kids for the way they behave. You know, like right. Some of the quiet, some of the parents of like the nerdier, quieter kids aren't yelling because their kids are nerdy and quiet. But like your kids are, they're like, doing something else. Yeah, like that. You're, <laughs> that's where they're at. Like they, yeah, they always want to be running around and jumping and they're hellraisers and it's awesome and hilarious and yet it means uh, but, more yelling. But and it sounds like one of those things that feels like I'm. I feel like I'm like. It sounds insulting, but I'm like, no, I would yell at your kids as much as you yell at your kids. And I don't feel like that's a mean thing to say to a fellow parent of like, oh, yeah. Well, no. and it's not, you're not saying I'm going to take your kid and tell them to sit the fuck down, you idiot. No. That's not, it's the, no, you, I, I'm going to need you to stop biting the cat's tail. Right. Or I'm going to need you to not, matches are like outside tool, not, exactly. like an, not an inside toy. I think we have to give each other credit for being people who will see what limits your kids have, yes. right? Like our kids, even though they're nice thinkers, we can say to them like, hey, I said the grill is on. Do not, you need to back it up or you're going to burn your hand. What right. are you doing? And I said that to another kid once who I had said like three times, uh, don't, the grill is on. So don't play near the grill. And he was like three or four. 
The grill is on. Don't play near the grill. Okay. You got to back it up. The grill is hot. You got to hurt. And the kid just like looks at me and then immediately starts crying. And I didn't think I had like said it in a tone that was mean. It was just more than. You know, and I immediately went to the parents and I was like, dude, I'm so, I'm so sorry. You know, now I know I'll address it differently. But like, you know, we do step in it. That happens, yeah. but you got to talk it out. I think so. I mean, and, and in my neighbor's situation too, I was pretty happy to be able to look at her when she's like, I feel like I'm getting a reputation for being the mom who yells. It felt good to look at her and be like, yeah, effectively just be like, no, you're not crazy and you're not out yeah. of line. Like it's a lot, having three kids, it's a lot to manage. Like I have one kid and I yell yeah, just as much as you do. So you maybe in some ways <laughs> maybe doing better. three times as better as I am because- <laughs> I feel like I yell as much as you at once. So like, you're not nuts. You're not nuts. Like they'll, they're. You're not nuts and you're not alone. No. Like it can feel very easy to be the only one who's doing X, Y, and Z. Oh, 100%. That is not at all true. No. (laughs) No, it's. Can I ask you your advice on something? Yeah. Because you've mentioned. Oh God, we don't give advice. But if you ask for advice, I'll give you advice. Or can I piggyback off of something you said? Yes. Because we've talked about like recklessness. Yeah. And kind of like, do you embrace that? Do you correct it? And then like yelling at kids for the grill stuff. (laughs) My son just, when he got these stitches I mentioned. Yeah. It's like the first thing that I've seen it make him like A, self-conscious when people talk about the scar and B, he'll sometimes now get scared of stuff that he didn't used to get scared of. And I sit here and go, on some level, I understand that that's learning and that's a good thing. And then on another level, I feel like I'm seeing like, the end. His spirit get crushed? Yes. <laughs> yes. The crushed spirit? Yes. <laughs> yeah, that sucks. I don't know. There is no quote unquote advice besides, you know, letting them know you're there. You know, like with mine, I'm like, I mean, my kids, they fall once. They don't ever want to do it again. And I have to actually push to let's try it again. Let's just yeah, try yeah. Like one more time, right? And then sometimes they won't accept the pushing at all. I don't know. It just sucks. I mean, I think the real point is, I don't know what's going to happen with your kid, but it sucks for you to have to witness that. And like, again, that's that layer of no one gives a shit, but we all are experiencing that. So like, no one's going to write a whole book on that. But like that experience of, oh, you were this bright and now you're, Right. You're not as bright, or this happened, or I, like that. Like I, I hate it. It's a really shitty part of parenting. So there you go. You're welcome. It's breaking my heart. <laughs> We're in the middle of it's it right horrible. now. It's horrible. Yeah, it's breaking my heart. It's, I know. Well, you could maybe you could like direct it in a different way, or maybe just with their friends. Sometimes the hardest lesson for me was like, oh yeah, I learned more things sometimes being out at school or camp or with friends or in a backyard. I mean, they're two and a half. You still have to keep an eye on them. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? But Mm -hmm. like sometimes something I wouldn't want to try, I try it again because I easily follow people. (laughs) (laughs) So peer pressure. Like, all right, (laughs) peer pressure, the beauty of peer pressure. Uh, Chris, thank you so much for joining us. This was really fun. Oh, it was cathartic. Uh, I didn't expect... To be able to uh, vent about is, all this. This show is all about this. 
we came up with that came up with the show in New York when I used to be cool and I had a kid and I was like, oh shit, I just lost all coolness. Uh, like uh, I is I need like something that I wouldn't be embarrassed to have on a subway. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, like why mm-hmm. would I you know, you can't read a parenting book on the subway. Mm-hmm. People are like, fuck you, and they kick you and it's horrible. Yeah. Uh yeah. you're a mom, go to hell. Yeah. So like so Carry is, your own stroller or take the piss-ridden yeah, yeah, elevator. Take your, <laughs> well, you shouldn't have had a fucking baby. Right? Like, yeah. <laughs> I just am like, I just want coffee. So this is this is where to come for all of those emotional purging needs. Everybody needs to go check out Chris's special, Half My Life. It's out now. It's out now. It's yeah? there so, for the taking. Yeah, it's there for the taking. And it's very enjoyable. Also, Chris, you and your wife are doing a really good job. This is really hard. And you oh, guys are doing nice. a great fucking job. I'm going to tell her you said that. Thank you. I will. Yeah. Same we'll to you. send her a t-shirt. Same to you. <laughs> Thank Please. you. Absolutely. And hopefully maybe one day we'll get to talk again. I would love that. All right. I'll Have let you know one. where his spirit's yeah. at. If it's oh. rekindled or still being crushed. <laughs> yeah, please. Yeah. We should check in on the spirit. Like have a, like a little tally chart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 4% of the light was back in his eyes today. <laughs> it's like the height, the height marks on the like uh-huh. the door panel, right. but it's the spirit crushing uh-huh. level. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. That's the way to go. Love That's it. the real markers. All right. We'll talk soon. Bye. One Bad Mother is supported in part by Billing, home of the award-winning Razor. Think about how much you spent the last time you bought razors. <laughs> Give or take a pandemic or two. Why do the razors cost so much more than men's? Just because they're pink? Probably. Billy set out to be the best razor out there for women at half the price you'd expect. No pink tax, no visit to the drugstore. Billy Starter Kit comes with their award-winning razor, two precision, five-blade refill cartridges, and a magnetic holder, which is one of my favorite things, next to the razor, which is amazing. Allure even called them the smoothest shave ever. Well, ha-ha, Allure, I think I said that first. Smoothest shave ever. Don't suffer another second paying a pink tax for a bad shave. Go to mybilly.com slash mother to get the best razor you will ever own while supporting this show. Billy is half the price of other razors, plus free shipping always. Just go to mybilly.com slash mother, spelled mybillie dot com slash mother. That's mybilly.com slash mother. Hey, you know what it's time for this week's Genius and Fails. This is the part of the show where we share our genius moment of the week, as well as our failures, and feel better about ourselves by hearing yours. You can share some of your own by calling 206-350-9485. That's 206-350-9485. Genius fail time, everybody. Before we get started, if everybody could just look around and see if maybe Teresa's trapped under a piece of your furniture or like stuck to some granola, 
in the back of your car and just let us know. Let us know. Kevin Marr, our guest last week, made a very funny joke about where's Teresa as our special code for different sponsors. <laughs> well, I'll tell you where Teresa is. Teresa is doing the hard work with their family. And I miss you, Teresa, but I love you and you are doing an amazing job. So, genius me, me. Wow. Oh my God. Oh my God. I saw what you did. Oh my God. I'm paying attention. Wow. You, Mom, are a genius. Oh my God, that's fucking genius. Okay, everybody. I've been bouncing around a lot recently because of travel or just camp things or suddenly Stefan's back in an office, schedules are changing, yada, yada, yada. And so my commitment to walking at least three times a week is not this so good. So I, again, I, I got out and I have done it twice this week, the big three miles around the Rose Bowl. It always makes me feel better and it is such a you know, put your oxygen mask on first before you can help anybody else sort of move. And over all these years of doing the show and listening to all of you, I think I might finally accept that I should, in fact, put myself first occasionally. So, walking check. Hi, I'm calling with a genius. Like most other parents, we've all been home since March of last year, which means that I've been eating almost every meal with my children for about a year and a half, and there's a lot of talking, and there's never any quiet, but <laughs> this past week, I told them that our library is doing a challenge where if you read a certain number of minutes, you get these little prizes, and they were so excited, so they asked if they could read while we have breakfast and lunch, and I was like, yes, yes, you can. So now at breakfast and lunch, everyone reads. I read the news, and they read their books, and it is quiet, and it is something that I have desperately needed since last year, and uh, that's my genius. I'm getting my kids to read more, and they're not talking as much, and it's just, it's more, what, what more could you ask for this summer, right? Thanks. You guys are doing a great job. Bye. You are a genius. I, the quiet especially after this year, I am with you. Just quiet. I just, don't we all just want some quiet? <laughs> and the fact that you used your library, woo-woo, library, and encouraged your kids to read to get prizes is genius. And I also encourage you to, in the future, come up with your own challenges where you can give your, I did this last summer when my library was not open for summer reading. I did a summer reading program. That sounds like that's more complicated than it was. It wasn't. I just bought a bunch of garbage. And then every time they read five books, they got some garbage. So a lot of reading. So good, good job. Failures. Fail, 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 fail. You suck. Fail me, me. Oh, this is definitely one of those ones that I wish Teresa was here to talk me down and remind me that everything I'm about to say is not true. So Ellis is, uh, you know, as, as Ellis gets older, 
they definitely gain more and more control over their very big feelings. <laughs> okay? And that is good. And sometimes I can get spoiled when we're in one of our really big growth periods where there's a lot of control over the emotions, nothing is that upsetting, and then we fall back. We we hit a spurt and everything is like the worst. Like, uh, for example, if I were to remind Ellis that it's our movie night. Now, this is a good reminder. This is exciting. We're going to have a movie night together. Ellis begins to yell, I didn't know. Why did anybody tell me? And gets like really, gets really upset. Now, let's just, let's take some breaths. Let's calm down. Let's do some breathing, blah, blah, blah. I can't do those things. That's out of my control. Okay. I, this is who Ellis is. And I love Ellis more than anything in the world. And I love all the feelings. I can't sometimes help feeling like it is somehow my fault. Like back in those early days where I just tiptoed around stuff, you know, because I just couldn't take it. I couldn't take another meltdown or the yelling or the, I couldn't take it. So we did a lot of tiptoeing. Let's don't prompt an issue that might arise. But now we're a little older. We got to learn to roll with things a little bit more. And yeah, I somehow, every time Ellis can't roll with something, I internally beat myself up. Hooray. And the fail is I know that but you know, I've got I've got feelings too. Surprise. Hi, one bad mother. I'm calling with a fail. I um my kids had their annual checkup on Friday and the doctor said, Oh, they're both a little um constipated and I, and you should incorporate some ferns into their diet. So it didn't seem like a big deal, and I went to the store the next day, and I got a big thing of prunes and brought them home. And that afternoon, my kids tore into them, and they were, yeah, eating them like candy. And um, (laughs) I saw that, and I said, okay, I should take them off the prunes. Meanwhile, we were getting ready to go to my work party, the post-COVID kind of work party. And so we proceeded to get in the car. And on the way there, my kids were like, both of them, oh, I, I really need to go to the bathroom. I said, well, let's wait until we get to the party. So needless to say, the whole first part of the party, we were in and out of the bathroom. And um, it was really weird. And I just, in hindsight, I'm like, I can't believe I really gave my kids or let my kids eat a ton of prunes right before a party. And then we haven't been to a party in like a year and a half. Anyways, total fail. Thanks for a great show. You guys have gotten me through this pandemic and through other parts of life, and uh, you guys are great. All right. Bye. You're doing a good job. I know I'm not supposed to say that right now, but you are. And now let's dig into your fail. Okay. <laughs> this is this is like a, I don't know, Bugs Bunny type of setup. You know, uh, okay, we have some prunes. All right. But now it's time for uh, more like an I Love Lucy. I am sorry. This is an I Love Lucy scenario. We have eaten these prunes to help get things going. Oops, I forgot we had a party we had to go to. 
I actually think there's a genius hidden in here. I certainly don't want to go to parties right now. I hate that we're saying post-pandemic. The pandemic is still here. We're just going out again. I haven't spoken to many people in many, many months. And the idea of a variety of people all being in one place and it being the type of party in which I would bring my children, this sounds like a hard party. And I think that, (laughs) no constipation pun meant, but what's great is you got to actually avoid large parts of this party by having to be with your children. So, score? Eh, I don't know. You're right. You failed trying to help unclog your children. So, there you there you go. Also, your kids ate prunes? How did you do that? You're doing a horrible job. You are the greatest mom I've ever known. I love you. I love you. When I One Bad Mother is supported in part by Dipsy. Dipsy is an audio app full of short, sexy stories designed to turn you on. Well, I'll have two, please, Dipsy. (laughs) I have made it quite clear that I have enjoyed the Dipsy app. As a parent, it can be very hard to find time to have a little escape or to find ways to get yourself in the mood and feeling special. And a little self-pleasure never hurt anybody. What I love about the Dipsy audio story features is that you can select like, how hot do you want it? Do you, I don't want it that steamy. Do you want it a little of this or a little of that? You get, you get to choose what level, how steamy, what the, what the gist of the story is going to be, and then it'll make other recommendations. And I will say, I started off enjoying one thing, and then I found I enjoyed lots of things. See, I'm still a person. (laughs) Okay. For listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash badmother. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to dipsestories.com slash badmother. Dipsystories.com slash badmother. Hi, I'm Annabelle Gerwich. And I'm Laura House. And we're the hosts of Tiny Victories. My tiny victory is that I sewed that button back on the day after it broke. We talk about that little thing that you did that's a big deal to you, but nobody else cares. Did you get that Guggenheim Genius Award? We don't want to hear from you. We want little bitty tiny victories. My tiny victory is a tattoo that I added onto this past weekend. Let's talk about it. My victory is that I'm one year cancer free, but my tiny victory is that I took all of the cushions off the couch, pounded them out, put them back, and it looks so great. So if you're like us and you want to celebrate the tiny achievements of ordinary people, listen to Tiny Victories. It's on every Monday on Maximum Fun. Hey. 
Hey, I'm Dan McCoy. I'm Stuart Wellington. And I'm Elliot Kalin. Together we're The Flophouse. A podcast where we watch a bad movie and then talk about it. Movies like Space Hobos, Into the Outer Reaches of the Unknown and the Things That We Don't Know, the movie, and also, who's that grandma? Zazzle Zippers, Breakdown 2, and Backhanded Compliment. Elvis is a policeman. Baby Crocodile and the Happy Twins. Leftover Potatoes? Station Wagon 3. Herbie Goes to Hell. New episodes available every other Saturday. Available at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Bye. Bye. All right, everybody. Let's settle in and listen to a mom have a breakdown. This is a breakdown. My two-and-a-half-year-old stopped sleeping naps overnight pretty much uh, a month ago, and I am 23 weeks pregnant, constantly uncomfortable and in pain, and he just just doesn't sleep anymore, and if he does, it's in my bed, and he has to be touching me, and he puts his feet on me, and he kicks me, and last night I woke up to a kick right to the face. And then tonight, bedtime took almost an hour and a half, and it ended with both of us screaming and crying. And I hate that he fell asleep like that. I just feel like the worst. And it tells somebody, I know my husband won't understand because it's easy for him. <laughs> but it's really hard for me. And I feel awful. First of all, you're doing a really good job. I understand and I hear the awful feelings. But I want to emphasize that you are not alone. I, I, way back in the beginning of the show, we did an episode on mom rage, this sort of thing that we're not supposed to talk about. But when you're, when you're not getting regular sleep and when everything is very disrupted And you can't actually control if your kid's going to sleep or not, despite everybody making you feel like you're supposed to be able to get your kid to sleep. Like, you know, suddenly sleep cycles are changing. And those are just like a fraction of the stresses that are on you. I myself have found myself, I can remember, I can remember Ellis not going to, Ellis never napped. And it took a lot to get them to go to bed. And I remember trying to get them to nap, and it was like such an exhausting exercise, and I was getting madder and madder and madder, and I remember like hitting the wall with my hand and then being like really upset that I even put that energy into the room, and then I felt bad like why – why 
would I even get to this place? I'm supposed to be a mom. I'm supposed to like apparently have this limitless well of patience and ability to give my children whatever it is they need the moment they need it. And that is a lesson that I, I'm still working to learn. And, you know, it doesn't bother your husband. Well, your husband's not 23 weeks pregnant. You know, like not pregnant, it bothers me. I, <laughs> this like assumption that we're supposed to want. I mean, of course I love hugging my children. Of course I love snuggling with my children. But this assumption that I think especially moms or other the primary caregivers are supposed to just be able to absorb all the physical touch that is presented to them and love it is really a dangerous narrative. You know, every morning my youngest comes and gets in bed with me and it's very sweet, but there are a lot of mornings I just I just want that extra 10 minutes. And you know, it's such a physical touch. It's so kids bodies they they're still learning control over them. And you're getting kicked. Even just like them trying to reposition themselves in your lap can like pinch something, can pinch. And it's summer, so if you're in shorts, I'm so sorry. Things get pinched. Arms get pinched. Getting kicked in the face. Getting kneed in the face. It is amazing, again, that we, more people aren't going out for milk. And, you know, just not coming back for a couple of days. So I want you to know that you really are doing a remarkable job. No, you don't have to enjoy this. Yes, you can, in fact, really hate it. And it doesn't make you less of a parent. And I know that it feels bad that it feels like your child went to sleep with that. I've I've done that. So... I have been so overwhelmed that I'm crying and yelling and they're crying and yelling and you just have to step out of the room and they go to sleep. And I, it doesn't feel good, but it really isn't going to, you know, scar them for the rest of their lives. And that's really good news. You get to save that for their middle school years and embarrassing them. Okay. You are amazing and you're not alone. In fact, none of us are alone. At all, all of us feel impacted by the effects of having kids in our houses. Whether the kid has been in your house for days, just a few days, or possibly a really, really long time, like maybe 18 years, maybe longer. Regardless, the number of times we discover that our lives are greatly impacted and affected by having these kids in our houses is is still a real thing. It still surprises me every time I think I've done all that. It's like we were talking about with Chris. Every time you think I've I've had all the feelings, there will be no more feelings. This is it. This is, I've had them all. So I'm ready for having the same experience over and over again. Oh my God, I didn't. There's a new feeling, or I really thought I had this, and turns out that children are unpredictable, and that I'm not the same person I was 
before I had kids. And some days I hate that and some days I'm okay with it. And that is the story for so many of us. So know that you are doing a remarkable job. And I will talk to you next week. Bye. I got to low down mama blues. I got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. You know that right. We'd like to thank Max Fun, our producer, Gabe Mara, our husbands, Stephen Lawrence and Jesse Thorne, our perfect children who provide us with inspiration to say all these horrible things, and of course, you, our listeners. To find out more about the songs you heard on today's podcast and more about the show, please go to MaximumFun.org slash OneBadMother. For information about live shows, our book, and press, please check out OneBadMotherPodcast.com. One Bad Mother is a member of the Maximum Fun family of podcasts. To support the show, go to MaximumFun.org slash join. Well, daddy, baby, bustin' by, not blow down mama blues. Oh, said daddy, baby, bustin' by, not blow down mama blues. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.